Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. often gush about Halloween season and we express our love for Christmas time. But there's one time of the year, Matt, that isn't necessarily brought up within that same conversation. But to us, this season we're in right now is WrestleMania season. And it's a big deal. We've been watching WrestleMania since almost since the inception. Yeah. So this year is going to be WrestleMania 34 live from New Orleans. Are you excited for any of the matches? I am excited by many of the matches this year. I have to say, the matches on paper look pretty good. Anything specific? I'm most looking forward to Cena Undertaker. Really? Mm-hmm. I, like, I get that maybe it should have happened years ago, but I think they're going to pull it out, and it's going to be historic in one way or another. I'm really looking forward to uh, Shinsuke versus AJ Styles. And I really can't wait to see Ronda Rousey. Yeah, that's a real big question mark right there. We'll see how that goes. First match is on the grandest stage of them all. Yeah. Could go either way. So hopefully there's no UF'd up chance. (laughs) (laughs) So tonight on the Purple Stuff podcast, we've decided to do our WrestleMania show. But this time we're going to do something a little bit different. Mm Mm-hmm. And we haven't arrived at a name yet, but we all have our little kind of ideas on what it should be. We actually had like, uh, what time is it now? We had like a 25 minute argument (laughs) over what to call this before we hit record. Don't exaggerate. We weren't arguing. We really just were throwing things out and nothing was really sticking. So I guess arguing isn't the right term for just sitting here in complete silence for 25 minutes. (laughs) So basically, we're going to be discussing the hidden gems the underrated gems of wrestlemania or as i like to call them little tiny wrestlemania things the trivial things the minor minutiae the underrated underappreciated undertaker moments yes the little nuggets so we're gonna get into those in this show (sighs) i told you i didn't like nuggets and you still snuck it in (laughs) that's because you love you tried to, you, you ended you ended the section on nuggets as if it was like the <laughs> main event. So I guess I'll go first. How's that? Perfect. All right, let's take you down to ringside. Number one. This is Jesse the Body Ventura. Welcome to WrestleMania 2, right here in Los Angeles, California. Joining me tonight, his lordship, Lord Alfred Hayes, along with Beautiful Elvira. Elvira, how do you feel tonight? Are you ready? Yeah, I think it's great to be here with so much flesh and violence. All right, get ready because we're getting ready to go. WrestleMania 2, live from Los Angeles. My first entry is from WrestleMania 2, 
And it's when Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, joined Jesse the Body Ventura and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. Oh, my God. And what a trail those three made. It was quite amusing and <laughs> often groan worthy in some sections. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of overlap between horror fans and wrestling fans. So Definitely. many of us are on the same wavelength when it comes to the stuff that we like. And Elvira had her late night show at the time in the early 80s, the movie Macabre, where she would host B-movies basically late at night on TV. Yep. And she did that for a long time, and she was a big icon, relatively, I would say, 1986 at this point. And WWF was so huge that a lot of celebrities wanted to take part in these events. Yeah, this was a big deal for Elvira. This was no signing autographs at Payless or something. Like, this was <laughs> a huge thing. Yeah, exactly. To be part of, like, the rock and wrestling craze and Hulkamania was a big deal. So uh, Elvira wasn't particularly good at commentary, but the visual of her and Jesse the Body and Lord Alfred Hayes standing at ringside, that's just been, like, chiseled into my memory ever since. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a time that we'll never get back to this, where no. everybody was so outlandish and just big and fun. Well, it's just, like, especially for you, it's like you Photoshop together this dream scenario where you yeah. have Elvira <laughs> standing with Jesse the Body at WrestleMania. Elvira commented on some of the matches, but it was just kind of awkward. It was almost as if they didn't give her any talking points. They hadn't coached her <laughs> at all. At all. At all. I mean, like, I think she knew Hulk Hogan, and that was it. Like, that was yeah. the only thing that she knew. Right. And she was, like, making comments on the lack of clothes that the wrestlers had on and wardrobe choices. And she dropped a couple of lines about, like, flesh and violence. So she did some of her gimmicky type stuff. But then when it came down to, like, actually saying something that meant anything, it really, it just didn't work out. One thing I can say is I never trust a man who wears pink leg warmers. I've made that a, no, I've made that a, uh, one of my rules of my life. Well, there you got it, Lord. Let's go to our announcer for the official vote. She called Ricky Steamboat a wimp. Yeah. Because he had a bandana around his knee or some shit. <laughs> she was pointing out wrestler's cellulite. Yeah. I think, at least at one point. Yeah, she was. So, yeah, I, I can't say that they had coached her, but... It's still so cool that she was there. Elvira's rarely speechless, but in this case, there were several moments where she had no idea what to say. So it's maybe not a highlight of Elvira's career in terms of performance, but she was still part of a WrestleMania, and that's good enough for me. From what I hear about you and uh, Hulk, Jesse, you're probably not too happy right now, right? Well, I'll tell you what, Elvira, someday, sometime, he's going to have to show down with me. If you win... I'll go out with you. Number two. And welcome to WrestleMania 3! So when people bring up WrestleMania 3, they're usually talking about Hogan and Andre or Savage and Steamboat, but I think there's another contender for MVP. Yeah, what's that? Those freaking carts that brought everyone to the ring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so WrestleMania 3 was at the Pontiac Silverdome. Over 90,000 people were there. And because mm -hmm. the walk from the dressing room to the ring was six miles, <laughs> everyone rode down in these little like golf carts that were made to look like miniature wrestling rings. Colored ropes, turnbuckles, the whole smear. 
Yeah. Back then, those cards were super important because only a few wrestlers had dramatic entrances, right? Mm -hmm. Half of them didn't even have music. So this is how you got people on their feet for Billy Jack Haynes. <laughs> it kept time because what if you had a guy who was taking his sweet old time Walking down that six mile. <laughs> God, getting themselves winded before yeah, the match I mean, even starts. Yeah, and it just would take forever. And you would have to tack on like six extra minutes just for the guy to walk down the aisle. Absolutely true. Because it was a long freaking walk. Yeah. And when you think about these carts, when you just randomly remember them, you always picture them going to the ring slow and deliberately. Mm -hmm. And then when you watch the event back, you realize that those motherfuckers had zip. Yeah, like those things were... are flying across the arena. <laughs> like the wrestlers are actually bracing themselves because it's going so fast. <laughs> yeah, they repeated the carts at WrestleMania six. That's true. So they must have been really popular. Picture WrestleMania three without those carts. Come on. Yeah, it's like the whole freaking reason to watch that event. Well, I wouldn't go that far. No, I mean it's it goes the carts. Then Savage and Steamboat, and then Hogan <laughs> slamming Andre. It's, it's those three in, in that, that order. order? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so one last thing I noticed while I was researching by watching back this event. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, I can't believe how much garbage the fans used to get away with throwing at wrestlers. Especially back then, there was always stuff getting thrown at them. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Andre used to get hit with stuff all the time. He was the one I was going to bring up. It was because they actually slowed down his cart to the ring, mm -hmm. I guess, to sell his immense size. Yeah. And he is just getting pelted with garbage. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. Now, it's it, like, I'm like, people... holy shit. If you, you, you even think about doing something like that, they just send you out on a rocket. But now, like, think about it. What if you were the asshole that threw a beer bottle at Andre and, and now not only has he long been passed away, but I mean, he's an icon of all time. You know, he's got an HBO special coming out. You're probably like, damn, I really wish I didn't throw that beer bottle at Andre back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would hope that the person would have remorse even without the Andre raising stock value thing. But yeah, yes, I'm with yeah. you. It might sting just a little bit more when you keep seeing Andre's face on television. Yeah, exactly. You're like, God, I, why did I do that? It's <laughs> so stupid. How could I throw a beer bottle at Andre the Giant? Why did I crumple that hot dog wrapper? Yeah, and it's, throw it it, at it's him? like, it's, ugh, I hate it when fans do that, but I, it looks like it was practically encouraged back then. First, the challenger, accompanied by his manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. He hails from Grenoble in the French Alps. He weighs 520 pounds. Andre the Giant. Number three. Ladies and gentlemen, now the one, the only. just a few moments ago. Well, there he is. That's him. No mistake in that kisser. Standing ovation here for Roddy Roddy. I'm taking you back to WrestleMania 5 for the Piper's Pit. Oh, man. You were expecting Roddy Roddy Piper to come in 
but we wound up with Brother Love and Morton Downey Jr. Yes. He was like a trash TV host, like a Jerry Springer. Yeah, but, but back long before that was ever a thing. He had some pretty big success, I'd say. He was in a couple of movies. He was in like Predator 2. He did a Tales from the Crypt episode, which I actually love. Morton Downey Jr. was on Tales from the Crypt? He was on Tales from the Crypt, and it was like a found footage episode before that was a real big popular thing. Oh, wow. So, I'm yeah. gonna, I can't wait for us to be done recording. He did have... Some big fame at the time, and he really ruffled a lot of people's feathers. But his whole gimmick was that he would have people on his show, and he would chain smoke and blow smoke in their faces. That was like his whole gimmick. I remember watching this with my dad thinking, Piper could really beat the crap out of this guy. We actually thought that something would happen. The potential was there. Brother Love does this shtick where he's interviewing himself and he's doing a Piper impression. Oh, it's just god awful. It's just <laughs> god awful. So I mean, Piper... I guess that was the point, but come on. It was really bad. His impression wasn't that bad, though. No, but I mean, it was just like, you know, it's WrestleMania and you have Brother Love out there for this segment, by the way, <laughs> All In is over 20 minutes long. Yeah, so exactly. So you start off with like three minutes of Brother Love interviewing himself. And then Piper comes in, they have a back and forth, and then he rips uh, Brother Love's skirt off. He says it's a skirt, not a kilt, and Brother Love runs to the back because you see his red underwear. And yes. then we get into the real meat and potatoes, and Piper interacts with Morton Downey Jr. And this is where the big stuff happens. Yep. Piper, don't blow no more smoke in my face. I want to ask you another. I'm not wearing a skirt, so that word doesn't go with me. Call the kilt, Mr. Downey. Call the kilt, you see. Listen. L-L-E-D. So finally, Morton Downey Jr. blew it again in his face. And he says, can I have a cigarette? And Morton Downey Jr. turns around, starts to light up a cigarette. And then Piper takes a fire extinguisher and basically extinguishes Morton Downey Jr. with it. And it was just the best payoff in the world. <laughs> it was pretty good payoff, yes. I love how he like he hit him so hard with it that he had like this just white splotch right on his ass the whole time. <laughs> he did have that, yes. The thing was is that you couldn't stop watching it. It was like trash TV because you're like, what is going to happen? You know? <laughs> yeah, but at the same like I didn't realize until midway through that they had literally scripted every syllable of it because what like you said before, what they're saying is too weird to have ever set off the cuff. Like, they must be reading this ridiculous script, right? It's possible. Who knows? I mean, Piper was very good off the cuff, though. And it sounds like some of the stuff he said was so whacked out. I don't know if any of the WWF writers at the time would have written any of that stuff. I, and I, I took, <laughs> I wrote down one exchange. Can I share it with you? Please. Okay. So Piper asked Downey, what happened to your warts? And Downey, <laughs> without missing a beat... <laughs> Without missing a beat, Downey responds, I gave them to a homeless warthog. I didn't know your girlfriend was homeless. <laughs> I just love the whole thing. I thought it was amazing. It isn't good, uh, air quotes. Yeah, but it, at the time, at the time, like this is going way, 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 way yeah. back. We didn't have anything like this in terms of promos. Like this was progressive and new piper was at that point thus far had always been known as like the king of controversy in that company yeah. and the same thing as morton downey jr so it was a good pairing and to quote rowdy rowdy piper 
you don't throw rocks at a man who's got a machine gun. And that applies to this <laughs> scenario here. <laughs> Yo, Mr. Downey, give me that smoke, would ya? Yeah! I think the fire's out, Jess. Number four. The blind leading the blind. Even a fool knows that a man only has five senses. A snake, he has six. We always do it better. <laughs> in the dark okay let's talk about the blindfold match from wrestlemania 7 oh god jake the snake roberts versus the model rick martell <laughs> the setup for this match is amazing the model sprays cologne in jake's eyes which blinds him for like six weeks he first tried to spray it at damien <laughs> oh man yeah you don't go after jake's snake especially with this amazingly poisonous cologne yeah <laughs> so then after that jake had to wear that white out contact lens oh my god and the other eye was all red yeah like he was practically the toxic waste guy from robocop oh he got it right in the eye he got it right in the eye somebody get down there martell sprayed him right in the eyes with a arrogance so this was their big grudge match for jake finally to get back at his assailant they're both wearing blindfolds, only they're more like full face hoods. They're definitely full face hoods, yeah. Yeah, and they could obviously see through them, but acted like they didn't. And the crowd just kind of tells them if they're heading in the right direction. When the referee went to put them on in the beginning of the match, there's one frame. I know, you're could totally see. right. Yeah, you could see they had mesh eye holes. Yes. Yeah. And they it, totally I mean, that... blew the shot because you see Jake's hand under the mask and you could like, see it plain as day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I saw that too. <laughs> Ugh, I don't even like talking about it. It just takes me out of the moment. <laughs> so naturally, the crowd only wanted to help Jake. So you have Martel just stuck in this horrible Marco Polo game where he's just like grabbing the ropes and the referee and never Jake. Yeah. It wasn't good, the match from a technical standpoint, but the heat was just insane. They keep pointing and the crowd telling him yes. They should let Martel yeah it was not a good match but you couldn't have expected a good match at that point nobody wanted it even to be a good match they wanted it to be this kind of like goofy chase for the most part you saw a lot of people going to the bathroom at that point in the crowd <laughs> well i was at home and i wasn't going to the bathroom i wanted to see how that played out <laughs> This was a total annihilation. He hit the DDT, got the snake on him. Jake used to always put Damien on his opponents after he would win. Mm -hmm. But in this scenario, I actually did feel bad for Damien. He probably doesn't want to be bothered by anyone, but yet he's getting thrown onto his greasy oh, opponents. Dude, yeah, you know? I, don't, I don't think the Damien aspect of the old wrestling shows really <laughs> holds up too well by the standards that we try to apply to ourselves in 2018. Like, it's really not good. He probably didn't have much of a problem with Jake because Jake like manhandled him, threw him around the ring, like threw him on people. 
he was pretty docile. Like it wasn't like he was a it was like an attacking type of snake, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think being docile is sort of a natural byproduct of living in a bag and probably being <laughs> injected with sedatives before every performance. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be attempting another blindfold match. No, I think uh, yeah, it's definitely a passe today. Oh God, not at WrestleMania. No, no. <laughs> But that was my pick for better and for worse, the blindfold <laughs> match from taking you back to wrestlemania 6 matt mm -hmm. and this is sensational sherry's evil queen costume that she wore to the ring oh very up your alley you had dusty Rhodes and sapphire sweet sapphire <laughs> versus savage and sensational sherry i should say macho king and the sensational queen exactly so everyone involved in this match is now deceased, unfortunately. Holy shit. Are you? Oh, my God. You're so right. That's so and depressing. It is depressing. And Dusty and Sapphire were even joined by Miss Elizabeth. Who's and also passed away. also passed away. Yeah. So the crowd was really, really hot for this match, like really up for it. Oh, yeah. Watching it back, I'm like, wow, this is actually really, really good. Not to say that, of course, like I love Savage. No, it was not just a good match, but like you said, it had amazing crowd support. And that's mm -hmm. the thing, like... I was always sore at the whole Macho Man Sherry thing because I felt like Macho should be a good guy with the belt. Yeah. But when I watch it back now, I realize how brilliant it really was. Like, they were the thing to watch on the shows. I think the crowd was hot, though, not just because it was a good match, but because they knew that when Dusty won, his music was going to hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just a common man. And I, you know, I never like to root against the Macho Man, you know, Megan. Yeah. But if it means we're going to hear Common Man. <laughs> you must love it now because on NXT they're doing the Dusty Rhodes tournament thing. So, Oh, <laughs> do they play the music? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, I'm going to have to start watching that. So I loved heels as a kid, like I said, but they're so much more interesting when they have interesting managers and valets that yeah. were accompanying them. So as Macho King and Sherry together, they worked incredibly well. She was all in on it. 
Exactly. And in this case, WrestleMania six, her look was inspired by the evil queen from Snow White because she was actually being a queen with Macho Man. So speaking of the ring carts, this actually plays into your pick because Macho and Sherry, the mannerisms that Sherry is doing on the cart while they're coming in, her facial expressions, and she's like on her knees. And it's just unbelievable how good it is. Yeah, she's like totally method acting this entrance. Exactly. And there's no doubt like when you're watching it it's not hammy they're so into it yeah they're that, like, so good <laughs> yeah <laughs> obviously to an extent this is true of all wrestlers because they're you know walking down an aisle in front of tens of thousands of people but with sherry and savage together it was like they sucked the light from the room so that they were the only things in the room you know what i yeah. mean like yep. the whole place is just staring at them yeah it was like perfection even monsoon said it he's like she looks like snow white WWE now, they have these costume designers who are very talented Mm -hmm. and they make these elaborate robes and costumes and outfits and everything. Everybody seems to have those. Right. Back then, it wasn't necessarily the case that they had these elaborate things like she was wearing. And she probably footed the bill for a lot of that because I know back then wrestlers did that. Exactly. You didn't necessarily have a big budget for those things. She invested in herself. It actually was like a top level costume from Spirit Halloween. Totally. So the female Purple Stuff listeners who also happen to cosplay WWE superstars, they can actually be the evil Queen Sherry from WrestleMania 6. It's it's attainable. Yeah, for like $39.99 or $19.99 in November. <laughs> to end this segment, to echo a line from Vince McMahon on WWF's 1985 The Wrestling Album, she can sing as well as she can wrestle. Remember, <laughs> she was the singer of the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels' first theme song. How could I forget? I think he's cute. He's so sexy. He's got the look. This rise is good. He's got the moves. That really moves me. He sends chills up and down my spine. Number six, six, six. Accept the Lord of Darkness as your Savior. Allow the purity of evil to guide you. take you back to 1999 wrestlemania 15 where smack dab in the middle of the attitude era where mm-hmm. they just like cross as many lines as they could find and yes. like everyone said ass and bitch in their promo at least 10 times <laughs> i don't know if it holds up so well now but when you were watching it back then it was so exciting because you just literally had no idea what was going to happen next yeah case in point the Hell in the Cell match between The Undertaker God. and The Big Boss Man. I can't believe you picked this. It's amazing. It's, uh, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't know if many people would choose that particular word, but <laughs> I felt like it was noteworthy. This was during The Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness phase, mm-hmm. when he was practically playing Satan. Yeah. Doing crucifixions, blood sacrifices, all kinds of crazy shit. 
yeah. but nothing compared to what he did at WrestleMania 15 against the Big Boss Man. When you said this to me, like I didn't even remember that this happened, so I had to go back and watch it. You forced yourself to forget because it was just so disturbing. It was disturbing. So the match itself is whatever. It's it's not a great classic. Nobody expected it to be. And it was pretty much a glorified squash because they were trying to get The Undertaker over huge as the next bad guy. Yeah, it wasn't like he was going to get a Hell in a Cell match like he got with like Shawn Michaels yeah. with, with, with uh, the big boss man, yeah, but yeah. still. I mean, yeah. I mean, the boss man put up a good fight, but the end of the match was never in doubt. Mm-hmm. So whatever, the match ends, and then The Undertaker just looks up at the sky and who's swinging down on ropes it's edge and gangrel and christian the brood the brood they were like his uh minions back then yeah and they're just like randomly swinging down on cables and then we find out that he's there to rig up a goddamn noose yes which he uses to literally hang the big boss man right there live television at motherfucking wrestlemania the undertaker we need help the boy king the boss man being hung from the cell cell starts rising from the ring and the boss man just dies he literally <laughs> dies at wrestlemania he's struggling you know he's like trying to like catch his breath and then he just goes limp yeah it was crazy yeah so he comes back a few weeks later and he's more or less no worse for wear but if you watch wrestlemania 15 in a bubble the undertaker kills somebody after they cut to darkness He's still hanging there, and you could see it for like five minutes because everybody's taking pictures. Yes, and they're, when they're the lighting flash bulbs up. goes, he's still hanging there. What do you do if you're in the crowd and you're watching this? Like, <laughs> this this is well beyond what they were putting on television at that point. This was literal murder. If you're gonna push the envelope, I mean, you don't necessarily need to hang the poor guy. I mean, yeah, yeah, and you know, the best part is like I think this is like the semi-main event, so this is like the last thing you see before the big match. And then they go to, like, a promo for, like, crispy M&Ms or yeah, something. Yeah, they totally do. And then you have, you know, in two minutes later, you just saw this guy die. And then yeah. two minutes later, you're popping for Austin like nothing happened. Yeah. Well, the big boss man is hanging there in the middle of the ring. Let's uh, tell you who brought this event to you. <laughs> WrestleMania 15 presented by new M&Ms, crispy chocolate candies. The feeding frenzy has begun. Oh, boy. I mean, fortunately, they didn't wait long to dust him off to tell you that he was okay. Do you actually know how they pulled that off? I, because well, you looked, know, uh, here's, here's totally what, I'm going to just totally spitball what the possibility could be. Boss Man wore that sort of vest, sort of like what Roman Reigns wears now. Yeah. He probably had like a hidden rig in there. And so the noose wasn't actually the thing that was holding him up. There was probably like another wire that went down that was actually doing the pull-in. I would assume so, but like they. Well, I mean, they didn't hang him. It's not like they just said, you know, just do this bump. We'll give you an extra fifty tonight. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna hang you. Are you all right with that? All right. So you were spitballing. Let me spitball. What if Big Boss Man says, "Hey, I could do this trick where I hold my breath for a minute," (laughs) you know, and then like, okay, do it now. (laughs) Well, yeah. When he gets back, he said, "I said a minute, not 15. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're in the arena, you clearly saw him getting lower. Unless they rose him to the top. Well, I would imagine that for the live crowd, they didn't want to end the segment on that dark of a note. So they probably (laughs) let them know that Boss Man was going to be fine. Man, justice was not served that night. No. (laughs) Oh, my God! Let him down! The Ministry of Darkness is is out of control! That's a big man! Don't come out here! Number seven. That's right, the world is going to win 
Time to go back to WrestleMania 14 mm-hmm. when the Legion of Doom was repackaged to LOD 2000. Oh, yes. Opening the event, like the entire pay per view, was a tag team battle royal that included 15 tag teams. <laughs> Anal advice <laughs> match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the last team to get introduced had been a surprise. It was like a mystery, and they didn't really announce it ahead of time. Right. So, as a shock to everyone, Legion of Doom came back, billed as a futuristic version of themselves called LOD 2000. So, uh, their music hits, people go nuts, and they walk out with new kind of costumes and uh, Sonny. Yeah, Sonny was the key point there. Almost universally considered one of the top tag teams of all time of any promotion. And they also have a crowd pop named after them. And all this, but WWF still felt they needed to refresh their gimmick so yeah and uh, i mean i don't know i i'll say this the the crowd popped big for them that night not the best move for lod considering how do you improve on spiked shoulder pads and face paint there is no way to improve on it so it's kind of like once you got over the newness of it it it's like hmm this isn't as cool as it used to be exactly and i guess you throw in some helmets that look like hockey goalie masks with skulls on them Uh and then America Online's most downloaded WWF superstar a couple of years prior. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, they look like they were a couple of guys in like a rollerball tournament. They looked like uh, almost Cobra Kai Power Rangers esque. <laughs> yeah. So Sonny looked like a total babe. Basically dressed like a dragon. Yeah, like leather and chains. Like she just looked so cool. She had already had so much fame at that time. They were just so popular to combine both of them. It was sort of a situation where both acts had cooled off a little bit on their mm-hmm. own. So they hope by bringing them together would sort of raise each other. Rekindle that flame, yeah. yeah. But Sonny had previously managed tag teams like the Body Donnas, the Godwins, the Smoking Guns. So she was actually a pretty good tag team manager at the yeah. time. And there she was, was a precedent. Pretty... This wasn't like an out-of-nowhere decision. Right, right. And they actually won that night, but they never made it to win the tag team championship. No, they were like, I mean, it wasn't, it was really out of their hands because they weren't booked very strong after that night. Right. But I think the biggest issue is that it like literally took them 10 minutes to get all that new gear off. I know. Did you notice that? That was the worst part of it. Yeah. It's like they get that big, like you said, road warrior pop, as they call it. Yep. And it's taken Hawk like seven minutes just to get those knee braces off and he's missing his whole pop. Yeah, there's knee braces and all kinds of extra gear that they had on. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading that. I think it was Hawk. He got fed up with the helmet and he threw it out to the crowd one time. And like that was it for the helmets. They could never use them again because they didn't want to buy new ones. It was a smart move. I'm sure it was a risky move, but I'm glad he called the audible. And that Sonny was released a few months later. But that night was a hell of a showing for her. And they did walk out to a new theme song, which was pretty sucky i'd have to say compared to their old one there was nowhere to go but down Uh, what a rush (laughs) that was good 
Thanks. <laughs> All right, uh, what a pleasure it is for me to return to WrestleMania. And as I understand, a record crowd for the Astrodome, guys, of 67,925 people. And this match that's coming up, this gimmick battle royal, I'm certain is going to be truly one of the highlights of this spectacular card. And now we move forward to WrestleMania X7. That's WrestleMania 17 mm-hmm. from 2001. I guess most people ordered that one to see one of Rock and Stone Cold's classic battles. Yeah, that was a really big event and yeah. satisfied on all fronts, I would say. That was, uh, I guess, the biggest match. But for me, the reason I was there was the gimmick Battle Royal. Yes. Okay, so how do I explain this one? <laughs> it was like, I guess, the way for WWF to wink at its own goofy past. Mm-hmm. So they brought in all of these retired and semi-retired wrestlers that had flamboyant gimmicks. Mm-hmm. You would have guys you expect, like Hillbilly Jim and Doink the Clown, those sort of people. But then they throw in, like, Jim Cornette, Brother Love. Yeah. And <laughs> the Gobbledygooker. <laughs> Boy, this brings back some very fond memories for me. You did date her. Literally a guy in a full-blown, full-body, baseball mascot-style turkey costume. Who had appeared at a Survivor Series many years before that. Largely considered the company's worst mistake of all time. (laughs) But there he is, and he's getting a big pop for his entrance, I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah, and the crowd liked him. So the match itself is just, just horrible mess. Yeah, the, the entrances were like 10 times longer than the match. Like, it's just people getting thrown out repeatedly. Watching that match again now, I know when you kind of think about it, you just picture it as this kind of like funny skit. But there are a couple of interesting notes. Okay. Number one, our friend, the, the gooker, the turkey, <laughs> he lasted 10 seconds before Tugboat throws him out. Okay. And you could tell if you watched the match closely that mm-hmm. Tugboat was desperately trying not to break the costume. Yeah, like he's laying him down yeah. like he's a vase. Yeah, he he gingerly placed him outside of the ring. Yeah, it was like, oh my god, it was <laughs> so obvious. But it, I mean, it made it so much better. Yeah. Number two, those fans were so into Doink the Clown. Yeah. Did you hear how they booed Kamala when he eliminated him? Oh, yeah. And the Doink is gone. The clown, the clown is down. The clown is out. And number three, my third point. Okay, I, I, I don't know when the last time you saw this match was, but okay. did you notice that Brother Fucking Love was throwing haymakers? No, I Oh didn't my know. God, he was, like, you would expect that he would hide his face if a wrestler even pointed at him. Yeah. And he's just, like, hurling bombs, big, huge hooks. <laughs> he probably was so excited to even be in the ring. It was wild. Like, he was one of the most active wrestlers in the ring. That's why, like, when they brought those guys out, I'm like, Cornette, I'm like, he was mostly a manager. Yeah. And then, like, Brother Love, like, you never expected them to be in that. I didn't notice he was that active in it, but I guess maybe he just got overcome with excitement and being in front of that 67,000 people crowd, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he was, like, gunning for the uh, the victory that night. <laughs> so I know most people probably aren't in love with this match, but for me, it's kind of like the old WrestleFest video game come to life. 
It's like the complete roster of the 92 WWF superstars. They were very willing to make fun of their past. And that actually kind of bothered me a lot because when you were watching it originally, it was the coolest thing ever. Yes. And plus, I want them to like respect their own continuity and not pretend that like five years ago was fake and what's happening now is real. Yeah, exactly. It did kind of get me because there's a couple of people that were in this match where they weren't really even gimmicks. So they had Michael P.S. Hayes. He was a he gimmick. Was... He was a rock star. Eh. That's not really like a gimmick gimmick. I also think he might have been Booker at that point, so... Yeah, he booked himself <laughs> he right, booked into, himself right yeah. into there. The other thing is Earthquake. His gimmick was that he was a natural disaster. Yeah. A walking natural disaster. Okay, but in your favor, what would have been better for Earthquake to come in as? Oh. Shine. <laughs> 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 Number nine. Only one who takes the breath of his opponents with barbaric fortitude. Only one who wears the sharpened crown. Now bow down and grovel at his feet. He is the king, the king of kings, the cerebral assassin, the game, Triple A! So now this one, you accused me of being a cheat. Mm-hmm. As the legendary Gorgeous George used to say, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. And continuing in the tradition of famed heel wrestlers, here we go with my next pick, which is the entrances of Triple H from WrestleMania 30 and WrestleMania 32, which sounds like two picks. But if you hear my logic, you'll realize it's not. Okay, okay? well, just for the record, whatever your logic may be, it is. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to submit that a possibility for the greatest entrance in the history of professional wrestling isn't one entrance, it's two combined. Okay. If we take Stephanie McMahon's incredible introduction of her husband at WrestleMania 32 and combine it with Triple H's utterly amazing intro at WrestleMania 30, oh. and we combine their forces into one, it makes the greatest professional wrestling entrance ever visually and orally and Triple H always tries to top himself. You know that. Yeah. I mean, I guess he stole that bit a little bit from The Undertaker and maybe a little bit from Shawn Michaels, but he knows how to work it. His entrances yeah. are so awesome. Totally. And my first thoughts went with choosing 32. You and I were watching WrestleMania when Stephanie McMahon came up on this kind of riser and she had this killer intro that sounded like something from like a Game of Thrones episode or like a bad post-apocalyptic VHS movie from the 80s. Yes, yes. So good. So good. You are merely the blind sheep who follow. You exist to serve us. We are the providers and the protectors. We are the leaders, the chiefs, and the generals. We are the absolute power. We own you. 
I was watching it and I was like dumbfounded because I thought I had too much to drink at that point. You did. But it was no, but I don't think that's that was it because we were both looking at each other as if is this really happening? There's a thing you do when you get super excited. First, what you do is you slap your hands together real quick and you leap up like you just kip up from wherever you are and you start pointing at the thing that's exciting you. So within like five seconds of her stopping the speech. And I was with you that night because that, that shit rocked. Here's the thing, though. And that was an accurate story that you told, too, yes, by yes. the way. But I, I watched it back, and it hit me that when Triple H actually comes out, it's fairly underwhelming, considering what he had done previously at the Manias with his costumes and his gear and all this other stuff. Yeah. I just felt like his entrance didn't match up to Steph's hype, and he just came out like regular old Triple H. So okay. it was like, so what? What's what happening? you're saying now, if I'm hearing you right, is you want to do yeah. everything Steph did at 32 Yes. And then cut to H at 30 when he actually comes out. WrestleMania 30. He comes out with this golden skull mask and a red cape and he's sitting on a throne and he's got the NXT girls with him. Yeah. Was that so, it was Sasha Banks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, yeah. Charlotte. And you're not supposed uh, to know who they are. And actually, you don't know who they are at that point. Exactly. So I submit. We'll cut them together. Okay. It just works so perfectly when you combine them. So if we're taking Steph's intro from 32, does that mean we have to lose the belt-toting skeleton demons? Hell no, they're still part of that. Okay, so they'll be there too. They're a part of all of it. Okay, great. And Stephanie's outfit, everything. It's all, we're going to combine it, and it's going to be the greatest entrance of all time. So let's, let's assume that you couldn't merge them, and you mm -hmm. had to pick one or the other. Definitely the one from WrestleMania 30. Where he's uh, got the red cape. When he's and doing the gold Skeletor bit from the He-Man movie. There's all smoke coming up. And then, oh, God, it's crazy. Yeah, good stuff. Nice work, Triple H. Bow down to the, bow down to the game. Into the eyes of Bray Wyatt. Whoa. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell is going on? I can't blame Randy for getting out of the ring. I'd have got out of the ring too. All right, Jay, my last pick comes from WrestleMania 33, which was yes. last year's WrestleMania. Right. I was at your place for that. And uh, when I describe the events that happened, it's important to note that we were both completely nuked. <laughs> Just gone. <laughs> for hours by that point. Yeah, it's because it, it was like a 17-hour event. Yeah, so we had a lot of oh, Jesus Christ, the pre-pre-show, the pre-show, the, the, everything. It was just endless. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. We were extra susceptible to nonsense by this yeah, point. Yeah. And we got it. It's Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Right. Randy wins the battle and the title, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I just want to talk about the spooky special effects that were used during that match. And you use that loosely? Yes. So Bray Wyatt, he yep. is basically like this halfway supernatural cult leader with mm -hmm. like occasional horror movie powers. Mm -hmm. 
He doesn't win matches, but he'll give you a show at least. Yeah. In this match, whenever he's on the offensive and he's kind of like just taking a minute to survey the scene, uh-huh. they do this thing where images of bugs are superimposed over the ring mat. The camera cuts away like to a higher Yeah, it's uh, like a, a bird's eye view of the yeah. ring and you just see it completely light up with maggots and worms and cockroaches. Yep. So disgusting, so stupid, so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Orton's laying there, and all of a sudden, you'll see, like, a National Geographic... uh... Looping, like, a two-second looping clip, so it has, like, a hard cut every two seconds of worms crawling around the dirt. (laughs) So, I have my phone going while this is going on, and my Twitter feed is just littered with complaints over how dumb this is. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, I don't know about you, but I'm cheering... Yeah, we, we're like, this is amazing. This, this is, is like best. a horror movie. Yeah, I can't believe it. This, this is a game changer. He can win all his matches this way. He's really psyching Orton out. Yeah. Insects out of nowhere. <laughs> I love it when, when wrestling gets like supernaturally stupid. Yeah. And this has to be like one of the best examples. I remember you loved this. You thought I it was marked so out. Awesome. I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. And you know, that's one of my triggers too. I don't like looking at worms, but no. Sheesh. But see, you love that. And it wasn't too long. I don't know if it was before it or after it, but they had done that inside the house thing, like the mm, house, the house of horrors, horrors match, yeah. whatever it was. I didn't think you really enjoyed that one too much, but that was kind of on the same level. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where my barometer and how it operates. I just know I like what I like. Yeah, and this is what you like. Yeah, I, I like this... the projection of the bugs on the ring. Well, I think it was. It just took. It took so much chutzpah to do this at WrestleMania. If it tanked, it could have been the worst thing ever, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, 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 I don't. I, 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 no, no, it was good. It was good stuff. It was good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I mean, just imagine if they were really pushing Bray, not just letting him be an ineffective boogeyman. Yeah. You would love stuff like that. You would think it was so cool. Remember the pops he used to get for doing that spider walk? Oh, the crab walk thing? Yeah. 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 The way they failed in this match is that nobody reacted to it. Orton didn't react, and neither did Bray. Well, like, I it mean, was just... <laughs> look, what do we don't expect Orton to do? He's supposed to be a 15-year veteran. I Hold think his eyes. He, what is he going to run out of the ring because they put a picture of a bug on it? Oh no, my God. he should be like writhing around thinking they're crawling on him. That's kind of what the idea was, you know? Well, I, I, mean, I think, I, I, I think were... he might use his uh, considerable stroke to put veto power over something that would make him look like such an idiot. Wasn't Randy Orton in one of the WWE Studios movies? I mean, come on. He can do better than that. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> I think he made an executive decision in that moment. He said, you know what? I'm not going to sell the, the superimposed picture of cockroaches. I I have to draw the line somewhere. If he sold it, he's like, oh, man, what are you doing? You're psyching me out. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, he should have taken the house mic and just said that. So the whole crowd could have heard him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I think the idea behind it made so much more sense if he actually started having visions of this happening to him. Right. It would. I agree. If I mean, I yeah. feel like if they were willing to go this far, yeah. they should have gone the one step further and have the person act like they were debilitated by it in some way exactly yeah. like just total freak out yeah it's just you know if, if they're not reacting and the match is kind of just continuing as was why is bray taking time <laughs> out to superimpose bugs 
when the projection stops, like nothing. There's no change to the match. He's still laying around the ring like nothing happened. Yes. Very ineffective insects these were. But what a cool trick. Those projections were clearly the best part of the match. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm surprised that they haven't dusted off that one, but I guess they're saving it maybe for this year's WrestleMania. That'll never come back. Oh man. <laughs> I hope you're wrong, Jay. I really do feel like the carts and the bugs it's never coming back. <laughs> man, you know, you're emerging the entrances from 30 and 32. Well, if yeah. you give me Bray Worms and those carts, we're going to have the best WrestleMania ever. <laughs> So those were 10 of our favorite little tiny things about WrestleMania, or as Jay likes to call them. Underrated, diminutive details, uh, trivial things, mm, treasures. <laughs> I like it. It's nice and short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should ask the WWE writers to uh, come up with a name. <laughs> uh, but let me just say, during this show, I don't know if you've heard it, but this place went bananas, Matt. Oh, yeah? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yes, you're right. It went I bananas. Can't, I, I can't hear myself think. The whole time, I, was, I wanted to cut the electricity with a knife. You're the immovable force, and I'm the <laughs> irresistible object, or is it the other way around? The other way around. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy time here. Yeah. Purple stuff. Oof, uh, our own little WrestleMania tonight. <laughs> it's been a knockdown, drag out, slobber knocker. Felt like an Iron Man match. <laughs> it did. <laughs> All right. So it's time for the thing, the finale. Yep. And uh, I'll go through some of your stuff. How about that? All right. Sounds good. So we had the. Bray Wyatt insect freak out. Mm -hmm. Freak out. Freak, freak out. out. <laughs> yeah. We had uh, Undertaker murdering the big boss man. I think that's going to be your pick. <laughs> we had we had the blindfold match between Jake the Snake and Rick the Model Martell. And you seemed really up about that one. <laughs> and we had the carts mm -hmm. from WrestleMania 3 and also WrestleMania 6. Mm -hmm. Did I hit everything? Um, oh, the gimmick battle royal. And the gimmick battle royal, yes. With no Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, by the way. Um, um no Max Moon. No Max Moon. <laughs> I fucking loved Max Moon, by the way. I know. Where were these guys? Oh, God, he was dressed like uh the carpets in Atlantic City, and that music was so great. <laughs> he was. Oh shit. All right, so I'm not gonna go with the insects because I just don't like insects. I'm good. In I don't want to have to use the W word anymore. And the, the blindfold match is the pits. <laughs> <laughs> it's between the carts and the Undertaker boss man. Wow. So, <laughs> Whoever thought that a show would come down to a match between those two? Just for nostalgic factor, I'm going with the carts. Because I love the carts. And you didn't see that in any other events. The carts made everything feel much bigger than it normally did. Yeah, total exclusive pomp and circumstance yeah now let me look at your list we had elvira at wrestlemania 2 yeah we had ld 2000 <laughs> we had sherry in her snow white outfit mm -hmm. fighting sweet sapphire 
we had <laughs> Roddy Piper and Morton Downey Jr. Yes. And we had HHH at WrestleMania's 1, 6, 7, 30, 32, 35, and 46. Well, not accurate, but yes. Oh, boy. What am I going to pick from that? Jeez, that is a tough, tough one. Yeah. Um, You're not going to expect this one. Okay. But I'm going to take the Piper's Pit segment. Really? Wow, I didn't expect that at all, no. Matches from different periods of wrestling history obviously feel different. We kind of like accept that each era has its own flavor. Right. But when you get these sort of extracurricular things, they really show where their finger was in the pulse of society and pop culture. Right. So this thing, this pulling Morton Downey Jr. of all people, yeah, it just kind of shows like where their head was at at that particular moment. You're right. That's a little point in time, and it, it reflected the uh, late-night TV society, you know, <laughs> the, right. the demographic. Totally. Now, I have another reason for picking that one. Okay. If you combine our picks, as I know you like to do, <laughs> you have... Morton Downey Jr. in the WrestleMania 3 ring cart thing. <laughs> Riding down. Morton Downey Jr. is like could you, another, it's just a pure vision of heaven. Rolling its way towards you. Blow, a cloud, a cloud of cigarette faces. smoke. <laughs> and that big goofy smile. Yeah, man. I love him and I love the carts and them together. Strawberry <laughs> shortcake. <laughs> Oh, boy. It was a happening, Matt. <laughs> what an event! <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to WrestleMania, which will again be staged from your place, I believe. Yeah, we're going to do it, and it's going to be great. WrestleMania 34. 34. Next year, it's happening right from New Jersey. Oh, can't believe it. Yep, we'll probably not be able to get tickets, but it's nice to think about now. Yeah, that's true. Tickets will be a thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should book the Purple Stuff podcast for next year, our WrestleMania show. That way, everybody could look forward to it. Like, let's call it right now. Uh, the main event <laughs> the, next the, year. the main event coming next year, twenty nineteen. Instead of little things, we're gonna do big things. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Instead of worms and sherry in a Snow White costume, you yeah. won't believe what we pull out of our hats. It's all going to be Great Kali, Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time, Ham and Eggers. Will you stop? <laughs>